Hi, I'm Gwen. And I'm Liz, and this is the podcast, The Way We Connect, exploring the way we relate, date, and communicate. And today, we are going to be talking about... Honesty. Honesty. So, uh, I, I like honesty. I mean, it's better than lying. What do you think? <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm joking. Let's see. Uh, is honesty always the best policy? And what is radical honesty? That's what we're looking at today. So uh, I'll start by asking you, do you think that honesty is always the best policy or are there times when it's not? Yeah, I. the more that I think about it, the more that I think that pure honesty actually is the best thing to do. Um, you know, even if it even if it may sometimes be hurtful, not if it's about something that may be personal to somebody or something that like they just absolutely can't change about themselves. Um, but if it's about something that you did or something that you're feeling bad about and you feel like you should tell them, you know, but you're afraid to do it, then I definitely think that that you should always be honest in those situations, because just my belief is be your truest authentic self you know and put all of what you are and what you've done out there and then if it hurts somebody you know like eventually then you can you can learn from that as well you know and um and they're able to hopefully be honest with you about the hurt that they've experienced as well so it's kind of like this mutual honesty like sharing experience you know so like honesty like lends more honesty hopefully so people can be you know, more of what they want, you know, more of who they want, do more of what they want um, without being so afraid. I feel like just like this culture of shame um, pushes people into lying so often. And, and so I think honesty can help find a way out of that. What do you think? Yeah, well, so let's look at what we mean by honesty exactly. Yeah. So I think the word originally referred more to something like um, honest intentions, right? So behaving in a way that was moral and good. So when we say someone's dishonest, we're often not saying that they lie, but they're behaving in a way that isn't pure intentions, you know? Like maybe they're cheating, maybe they're trying to get one over on you, maybe they're trying to do something for nefarious purposes. And then I think the word kind of evolved to talk about whether or not we're lying or being truthful, yeah. So in that way, uh, if we're talking about honesty in terms of saying what's true, so we've got different things. As you said, we've got being honest about what you've done, being honest about your feelings, being honest about um, yeah, what you think of somebody else. So I'd say being from the UK, there are definitely times when we're taught that being honest would be a little bit uh, rude. <laughs> so let's say, for example, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Now, I wonder what would it look like if we're like, well, actually, I'm shit. <laughs> I feel horrible. I've been having social anxiety. I cried this morning. And, you know, definitely, I think with your closest friends, that would be a good way to bond. But I think there are situations where that would scare people away. But I, see, I think that like if more people did that, though, it would scare people away less because it would just be like you wouldn't have to be worried about how to respond because that would just be the norm. You know, I think the reason why people oh, it scares them is because they're like, how do I react to this? You yeah. know, where that if that's the norm, you know, like, yeah, I cried this morning. I had social anxiety. I'm really tired. You know, I had a fight with my boyfriend last night. You know, if you would be like, shit, like, yeah, mm, like, that yeah. sucks, you know, and, and that, that can be okay. And did you find mm-hmm. uh, when you came to the Czech Republic too, that is closer to how people respond? Because for me, my students here, um, when I said, oh, I'm fine, they were like, oh, well, that's a bit fake. You, mm. you know, if you're Czech, you should say like, oh, I'm terrible. This thing happened. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that that happens sometimes. Uh, I've, you know, went to a classroom. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Like, yay, happy America. Um, and they're like, oh shit. Like, mm. oh really? Okay. Yeah. Like, and and I actually can appreciate that because then I can be like, okay, well, why? Like, you know, do you want to talk about yeah. it? And they're just like, no, it's just like not a good day. I'm like, dude, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Like, me too. Been yeah, there. yeah, and even just saying that you feel terrible, even if you don't elaborate, mm-hmm. can help break the ice, right? Because yeah, yeah. otherwise, if you're both pretending you're happy, happy, oh God, yeah. Yeah, it can be really draining, right? It's completely. And I think as David talked about in our third episode about mm. authenticity at the workplace, that um, emotional labor, if you're always being fake and pretending that you're feeling great when mm-hmm, you're not, mm-hmm. you're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, you know, I was saying when, when you're honest and so that creates an environment where other people can be more honest as well. Um, yeah, and it can it can fall into many different things of how you're feeling or things that you like. You know, I think that this is a really interesting thing that people will lie about as well. Maybe to yeah. fit in with a certain social group or to not be excluded from a social group. Mm, um, the lying to be popular. Yeah, lying to be yeah. popular. Um, you know, or even just lying um, because you're afraid. You know, let's say with something like homosexuality, you know, or like you're you're afraid to tell people. Mm. You know, so maybe you you are comfortable with it. Um, and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and um, but then you just you can't tell your family mm-hmm. you know? yeah, like, and yeah, so yeah. then you have to lie like how much energy that takes um, but then how amazing would it be in a world where we were just able to accept people's truths oh yeah I mean in an ideal world it would be great right that was one thing I was just thinking now is sometimes it's actually dangerous to be honest yes yeah, right? absolutely I absolutely. mean if you live in a country where say it's illegal to be gay then it's very hard to just be like yeah this is me because mm-hmm. you know that you might get killed so yeah yeah or just like banished from your family yeah Yeah. absolutely and I know a lot of people who are not honest with their families Mm -hmm. right especially when it comes to religion they're like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah of course I'm super religious mom of course (laughs) I pray every day and go to church every Sunday yeah it's great and I wonder if the parents know that they're lying (laughs) or if they really believe this yeah yeah so there are lies we tell to preserve relationships Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. own safety right and I mean, what do you think is the main reason people lie? Because I'm thinking it's mostly to preserve this kind of social equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like we already talked about with like the the safety, you know, the necessary safety that some people have to lie for, and in other situations, it's safety, not necessarily social safety for survival, but safety um, from some negative reaction. You know, safety from anger, safety from um, from banishment from yeah. a social group as well. Um, like I know when I've been lied to you know the excuse that people have given to me is oh I was afraid how you would react oh, if I told always, you the truth yeah like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings like that's not about me you didn't lie because of me like I that's my least favorite thing mm. to ever hear like and you, you lied because of you yeah and it's usually not really because they didn't want to hurt your feelings it's because they didn't want to feel guilty exactly and they didn't want you to hate them <laughs> yes yes they didn't want to deal with my reaction like they didn't yeah. want me to be honest with myself even so they they were you know creating this facade of protecting me which they weren't yeah and I've been on the other side of that too I've convinced myself before mm. that it was more noble for me to lie about something I've said well if I'm honest about this I'm just selfish because I'm alleviating myself from the burden of this secret and you know it's better to leave them in blissful ignorance but then that didn't last long after a few weeks my head was like you know my inner voice was like come on they are adults they have a right to know the truth and you know obviously you can choose how you deliver the truth you can be tactful and diplomatic Mm -hmm. with it or you can just be like this is everything out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah, generally it's more respectful to 
to tell people well again it depends what it is right it depends if it's your secret to tell I'm not Mm. saying you should go around blabbing your friend's secrets of course like I'm just being honest (laughs) yeah yeah Mm. although although you know this is I mean let's just think about the situation of of cheating you know for example um you know where if you find out that one of your friends is cheating Mm. on their partner then do do you be honest about (gasps) this such a moral dilemma (laughs) (laughs) because your friend will be so angry with you but then you're like I don't want to see this poor partner being taken for a ride and being fooled right but then you're like is it my business to step in and say something oh yeah and I've known the situation with even crazier things like knowing some guy had a kid that he didn't mm-hmm. know about and you know my friends and I were discussing for days what do we do should we tell him does he have a right to know but is it not our business to say something so there's a lot of <laughs> delicate yeah, things there. yeah so let's think about your own truths rather than let's go spilling everyone else's truths out there um, and specifically, yeah, when is honesty good and when is it possibly not a great idea, to be honest? I'd say, for example, uh, you know, if you get pulled over by the cops and they're like, hey, <laughs> why are you going so fast? Why did they say hey in such a flirty way? <laughs> hey. Oh, that's not your experience with cops? Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was rushing to my job interview. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's in the hospital giving birth no. <laughs> my mom I don't know but let's say there are some times where lying is a defense mechanism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that can really protect us yes uh, there are times where it wouldn't be perfect to be honest and there's a, a video I watched from the school of life that was talking about the difference between honest and polite and he was kind of simplifying it by saying people are either in this frank honest box mm-hmm. or this polite box and he said the frank people have this almost innocent belief that everyone else has the same kind of good intentions as them to um so so you know for example if you tell somebody how you're feeling you project onto them that they're going to take it as well as you would take it because you're also approaching the world in this mm-hmm. open innocent way and that polite people are ashamed of their deep inner thoughts and that they're actually convinced that if people knew what they were really thinking they'd be horrified and they might be you know ostracized or they would make other people feel horrible with their truths so yeah do you think there's any truth in that that people who are naturally just more open and honest maybe just don't feel like they are as ashamed of what they have to say yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that people who who feel comfortable, you know, with themselves and with their actions, you know, I mean, and then even sometimes if they do feel uncomfortable with it, they're willing to acknowledge their flawed human beings, you know, and, and I think that's an amazing thing. And being able to be honest is understanding, like, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, I really fuck up, I fucked up mm-hmm. in the situation, I lied. Um, there's this podcast that I listen to called My Favorite Murder, mm. and they have this phrase called they have this phrase called a phrase that's called something. <laughs> anyway, they have this phrase "fuck politeness," um, and that's just one of my favorite things. Just like fuck politeness, you know, just find a way first of all to um, to be comfortable with who you are as a human being, rather than trying to. Uh, garner all of your energy in order to to please everybody you know again which we, we both have struggled with and had talked about before um but how do we battle against that and i think one way we battle against that is through you know this practice of radical honesty which we're which we're going to learn more about today yeah. as well um you know so you're not just constantly trying to protect yourself and protect others it just becomes you know all of this uh convoluted like experience of 
almost micromanagement, isn't it? Once you start like lying to people and trying to manage oh, yeah, their emotions. You, and... and it can also be really exhausting to remember what lies you've told yeah. to who. <laughs> and like, oh no, that person doesn't know this thing. It's just generally easier and less stressful if you're honest about things right, in general. Right. But of course, I struggle with it because I am quite a people pleaser. And part of me thinks, well, not lying, but sometimes you know, 100% honesty is just selfish. And I don't know what you think about that, but I think sometimes my discomfort holding in a thought is not, you know, worth like hurting another person over. So if I'm thinking something that's maybe not that nice about somebody, I'm like, okay, can I bite my tongue on this? Or do I really, really have to tell them? And if I tell them, are they gonna, you know, is their reaction gonna be more painful for them than it is for me to hold that in? Can you think of some example? Like, maybe yeah, have to be specific. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have like. What? Where? When? <laughs> I don't have like a specific real life example off the top of my head. So I'll just go with one we talked about in Radical Honesty before. Because okay, yeah. I actually went to these workshops. Um, his example was oh, your friend asks you if she's looking fat. Uh-huh. And you're like, yeah. And I thought, okay, I mean, surely there's a sort of more tactful way to approach that situation. And yeah. I'm like, does she need to hear this from me? And I don't know, like, not do I lie, but do I at least find a way to soften it rather than just being like, yeah, you look shit. Because I've had friends in the past. Yeah, fat, fat doesn't mean shit. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, okay, he wasn't saying fat. I think he said something like, oh, yeah, if I do, I look bad. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've had friends who have been that honest with me. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. part of me appreciates it. And part of me is just like really upset you know and the result is then I start to think oh that person's not really my friend because they're being mean to me <laughs> yeah that, that's just mean that's not honest you know yeah. that that's maybe their honest interpretation of you you know um but that's not coming from any sincerity and it's not coming from a place of trying to trying to express some some maybe dishonesty that they have um placed onto you that's just being like rude. Being rude it's just yeah. being mean yeah 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 and, and when you're just commenting on somebody's physical appearance unless like it's that they have food in their teeth mm, like yeah. or they have makeup on their face or something um <laughs> makeup all over their face in the wrong places you know then <laughs> then tell them you know yeah. but if it's like oh you're too short you're too fat your fashion is bad like that's totally uh that's totally like subjective and unnecessary you know that's yes. just painful because you don't know what the other person thought maybe they like love uh you know this purple dinosaur lipstick eye (laughs) i like having lipstick in my eyes um, why not why not i did try that once but i was (laughs) i was a bit drunk (laughs) it was red (laughs) red lipstick on your eyes i'll tell you later but um anyway uh that is a really important point what is the difference between your subjective opinion and the truth, right? So again, we're talking about being honest, but there's a distinction between being honest about I feel this, I think mm-hmm. this, and being and and saying something like oh you look bad or you're yeah. a dick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Those are not honest. Well, not honest. They're not objective truths. Mm-hmm. Of course. I think it's a bit of a rabbit hole because you can start to say, well, what yeah. is objectively true? How do we know that we, we really don't. exist? How do I know I'm me and that this it's is all you? It's stimul- stimulus. <laughs> not, not a stimulus. <laughs> it could be it's too. all a stimulation, guys. <laughs> we could be living Sounds in a simulation. A lot more enjoyable. Yeah. We could all be some god having a dream, the universe experiencing itself. We can go into all those things. So let's say 
you know, just for the sake of staying in a reasonable conversation without getting too philosophical, what you can differentiate is, you know, is this person an asshole or do I feel that they are being unfair because they said a specific thing? Right? Or, you, or you can even just say, I feel like he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But if you're... it's still just like, it's still reflecting what is your reaction to it rather than just placing like this this again yeah. like possible reality like objective reality onto them you're understanding you know your your rela- relationality like to the experience yeah yeah so i've um this is a thing i've been really interested in so i went to radical honesty workshops and i also was reading about nonviolent communication and a lot of conflict resolution and a lot of it comes back to this yeah differentiating the actual thing that happened from your perception of it right so you wouldn't go to someone with accusing language like oh you I don't know, yeah, you insulted me or you didn't appreciate me because that's quite accusatory. So you'd say something more like, um, when you said this, I felt that you didn't Or the I statements. Yes, exactly. It's all about I statements, not you did this, you did this. And you can also take it further saying something like, I don't know, my brain is telling me that you're an asshole, but I'm sure... You know, if we talk about this more, I can mm-hmm. try to see where you were coming from. And yeah, let's say somebody says something to you that you find, you know, really offensive to ask them to clarify, right? Rather than assuming like, oh, I, I know what you mean. Therefore, if you said this one sentence, you probably think all these 20 other things. So I'm trying to think an example. Okay, somebody says... Donald Trump's not that bad. <laughs> Instead of immediately being like, oh my God, maybe we can be like, okay, what what do you mean by that? Mm. Are you, or even, you know, to ask them like, well, do you think that this comment he said was fair? You know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. rather than assuming that we have the ultimate truth just from our little pieces of information. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's kind of like some of what we were talking about as well in the, in the projection uh, with, with, um, you know, and we were talking about John. John, uh, yeah. we were talking. We were talking about um, how people will hear one thing about you, and then they'll place like this holy yeah, blood to you as exactly. well. And and so that can be, you know, something that that comes into play here, where it's like, oh, I voted for Trump, and then we just place this this what we see as our truth, yeah. you know, onto them exactly. um, of what is the Donald Trump voter exactly. And, and um, I think in this case, honesty. Well, some people could say honesty is saying, oh, then I hate you, you're, you know, you're an asshole. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe the more radical honesty approach would be saying, okay, when you say that, I feel this tension in my stomach. And I imagine Mm -hmm. that means that you, uh, I don't know, you hate immigrants or you (laughs) think teachers should have guns, right? And then ask them, like, is that the case? Do you think that... Yeah. sort of suspending your judgment and even if they do I think the real ideal approach with the radical honesty is that you can kind of agree to disagree and you tell each other that mm-hmm. you're angry with each other and you know but I have a question about this like so I, I agree completely when uh that you can use this approach when you truly do feel a certain way um about something and you don't know the full reality but let's imagine in a situation because honesty it usually um unfortunately tends to be used after a lie Mm. you know or after some deception right um and so let's imagine that you know somebody lied to you so you can't say i feel like you lied to me Mm -hmm. you know so so how would you approach that because they lied to you yeah well i think you would say uh, how you felt about the lie right and try to try to find out but this is another thing is 
honesty, it's not something we can necessarily use with everybody, right? So if you can be honest with the people you trust the most, the people closest to you, then that's great. But I think imagining that we can walk around the world being honest with everyone and we'll get the same honesty in return is not very realistic. Mm. So I think we have to be yeah, careful of where we use I'm not saying just lie to everyone but your friends but maybe that vulnerable part of honesty that really oversharing part can be saved for people that you trust you know people you Mm -hmm. know are going to take it well and give you the same kind of honesty back yeah so with a boss I don't think I would say hey when you told me to stay late at work I felt really hurt Mm. I would probably just try to cut to the bottom of the issue and say something like okay, um, do you expect that I'm going to do overtime regularly? Because I can't do that. Rather than, you know, going into your feelings. The deep emotions, of course, of course. Although Mm -hmm. I have sometimes done that with bosses. It depends on the person, right? And how approachable they are. So everything's context, of course. Yeah, I mean, there there are some situations, you know, in, in the world that we live in, you know, currently that we do need some professional boundaries where we can't constantly be using, like, I feel statements. Um, mm. But that doesn't mean that we can't be honest and still not be, um, still focus on being that accusative, you know, as well. Yeah. So there are ways we can, like, find the professional boundaries, being honest, you know, not being accusative. Um, but also, yeah, like maintaining whatever structure that relationship has, you know, which doesn't allow, you know, that more like permeating mo- emotional experience as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So um, another thing is about how honest you are with yourself, right? That's the other thing. So if we are lying to ourselves, I suppose there's not much hope for the rest of the world to yeah, get the honest, yeah. you know, to get honesty from us. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is being honest with ourselves, like mm-hmm. trying to recognize how we're really feeling about something. Mm. And that often comes from noticing how our body feels in a situation. I think, you know, if you're really tense and stressed uh, in some situation, you might try to find out, okay, why? And you yeah. might realize things like you don't actually like uh, this job or mm. certain friends or, you know, certain things that you're doing or it might be something to explain. Give me a hint. I know. <laughs> no, but um, those are some, yeah. some things, right? So uh, radical honesty is something I started doing a couple of years ago. I don't go anymore, but it was a very interesting experience. So I've invited my former mentor, along so let's meet him hi marvin hello hey so tell us about yourself well i'm marvin and i'm a radical honesty trainer uh, which means i do radical honesty workshops all over europe and i help people to be more honest and apart from that i'm producing music passionate about producing music these days my biggest hobby and i also write i'm a writer too what kind of writing? Fiction? Poetry? Uh, I have I have one novel published, actually, mm-hmm. and one German self-help book, which I wrote, actually, four years ago, when I was pretty passive-aggressively angry at the world, I wrote a, a super mind-based, heavy self-help book in German. Cool. But it's selling better than the novel, to my <laughs> surprise. So. Nice. So can you tell us a bit about Radical Honesty? What is it? Yes. Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so always when people ask me to tell a bit about where I belong, they always think where to start. Mm. Well, the name kind of suggests it. It's a way to learn how to be more honest, even though the radical is a little bit misleading because many people think it's 
an extreme method or you have to be an extremist to do that, even though in the, in a sense the word radical means at the core. So being, being honest at the core. You want me to say what that means? Yeah, already? yeah, definitely. So actually what radical honesty is, it's not an extreme thing that we go out and we tell everybody what we think all the time. It's not about that at all. It's more that we become more aware of what's going on on a moment to moment basis like what's happening right now. And according to this principle, there are other, other methodologies that use more ideas, but according to radical honesty idea, we can only notice three things at any given second. It's like what's going on in our head, our thoughts, what's going on in the body and what's going on around us, what we notice with our senses. And this, if we report on that, what's going on right now, this is radical honesty. That's as honest as you can be right now. So for instance, right now I'm feeling my butt pressed against this chair and I'm feeling a little tension in my ribcage. I imagine I'm nervous. So that's my honesty right now. Okay. So how did radical honesty come to be? Like who founded it and what was the reasoning behind it? Mm. Well, the guy who founded it is Brad Blanton. <laughs> um, from, well, I don't exactly know why he did it, but he says that and that's the fact that I know that he used to be a clinical psychologist in Washington, D.C. for many years. And by being that, he worked a lot with lawyers and um, secret service agents and politicians. Mm. And by doing that, he said he became an expert on lying because most of those people, they suffered from one way or the other of lying. And then he came up with the idea that most basically most forms of uneasiness, depression, relationship problems, being alienated from others or anxiety can be rooted back to one form or the other of lying. And when we mean lying, we don't only mean very outright lies. Like let's say I, you ask me a question very specific and I say, no, I didn't do that. That's like an outright lie. You would agree. But it goes even deeper into lying about how are we feeling right now, withholding our feelings or judgments. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get into it personally? Uh, what was your inspiration? Because I was a huge liar. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was like my main inspiration was suffering. That I, I basically I cheated on all my girlfriends until age 23, 24. I lied to everybody back then. I, I stole money. I, I was really like not very honest or didn't have much personal integrity. And then at one point... I was actually working in New York City in an office job, which used to be my dream as a kid. And so I'm from Germany, but I made it to New York City at a young age. And I thought being a manager there is going to be great. But I felt really, really, really bad, kind of like in a, in a fish tank that my whole world is very narrow. And I, I purely lived for my thoughts and my self-image. And I thought, well, there must be a better way because I had all these ideas what I like to do with my life. And I just couldn't get them on the road somehow. I was like stuck in the moment. And then I, I quit that work after one month of intense overthinking. And then I was really, uh, three days after I saw a radical honesty workshop in Greece, I felt attracted to the name and I went there. And that's how I got into basically out of my own personal suffering and wanting to like live a brighter future. Yeah, I think that's, 
it's really interesting how we can kind of get wrapped up in our own lies, you know, so it doesn't even have to be lies that we're telling other people, but we can lie to ourselves like, yeah, I do want this job. I do want to live in New York and I do want to be a manager. Like you're kind of just like lying to yourself, convincing yourself of this. Um, and I feel like this kind of cycle, it's so hard to get out of. So how did, how did you get out of that? Well, I appreciate you for asking this question. That's a very interesting question, I think. So there's one quote, I don't know who said it, like some somewhat famous spiritual teacher. She said that most of us don't know what's good for us because we didn't face enough unfinished business from the past. So we grow up some sort and uh, we all have our fair share of some form of childhood abuse. That doesn't mean always physical violence, but just our needs not being met, us being talked to in a way that's not suitable for kids or us being bullied in school, whatever it is. And we all have that in the body somehow. And in, as kids, oftentimes, when we don't have a way to express that, like when we can't be angry at the people we're angry at, like our parents, we tend to go into thinking and we tend to build thought words. And then we live into those words later on, even though we don't question if that's really what we want. So we might actually think, okay, uh, this is a great job, but somehow we feel this little uneasiness that it's not. And what helped me then after I quit this work was to face the past, like to face a few things that I never faced. And it's easy to say, okay, just like do something new. But I think you have to go back first, like two steps back before you can go forward. So what I did and uh, how I changed them was I really confronted actively. I call it the pillars of my self-image in a way. And I said, okay, like, how did I come up with those ideas? Like, why do I not trust myself? How come I think I'm not trustworthy with money? And then many things came up from the past. Then I did whatever I could to go in and to confront that. And then I, this is hard to explain logically now, but there's so much new movement in the body, so much freeing up energy just by confronting what I left hidden for so many years. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how, how usually people will say, you need to face the future, you know, whatever future lies ahead of you, you need to face it, you know, forget about the past, like that's in the past. But I really like what you say of like confronting the past, we need to face the past as well um, in order to, to even live in the present moment as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people neglect because the past, you know, we just have this like general idea that the past is behind us we need to forget about it and find a way to move on oh, i don't know i've studied yeah. so much psychology i feel like everyone's obsessed with the past <laughs> yeah yeah i mean no they are they are but i think that that's a really good thing and i think that people though are generally because they're so obsessed with it people will try to pull them away from it you know what i mean yeah, um yeah, and like, try to be like, yeah you need to move on exactly mm-hmm. is it fair to say then radical honesty is not just about how we communicate with other people but about being honest with ourselves and it's really a sort of yeah, way to self-help. Well, being honest to yourself is often for people just means more thinking. So this what we mean is being honest with other people. It's a different thing than being honest with ourselves. And what we recommend in radical honesty is having conversation, open conversations with other people about how you how you do yourself, like how you think how you sabotage yourself, how you screw up, what you want, what you don't want, and just being a bit more out loud. And then this idea of being honest to yourself, 
I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this. I think it just means we think more in solitary. Yeah, yeah. We just like ruminate on the same yeah. stories. So maybe instead of being honest with ourselves, that you separate the sort of narrative from just, okay, what is true for me in this moment? So I've been to your Radical Honesty workshops and I remember uh, that there were a few exercises that we did a lot. So could you share with us like some of the typical things that happen in a Radical Honesty session? Mm. Yeah. Well, usually what we always do, we kick it off with a little introduction. And um, specifically, we ask a few questions that are a little bit more, I'd say, experiential, that you experience more sensations, that you feel something more. So, and those are questions that you normally wouldn't say if you meet people for the first time. Like we say how much money we make, how, what our net worth is, what our sexual orientation is, and what we don't want to say. Like one thing that, we, that I don't want you to know about me. And then by saying those things, it's not for so much for the logical aspect, but for feeling the often unpleasant feelings in the body and just being able to stand with them and have other eyes look at us and still feel it through and then come out okay after like one or two minutes at the end. So this is one big one. And then we have exercises mostly built at the first part of the session. So a longer day workshops is the first day basically, or if it's a 10 day workshop, it's a constant basically to sharpen the skills of just noticing. It is like the key thing to just sharpen our skills and noticing what's actually going on right now. And this could be what you said earlier with separating, I don't know how you said it exactly, but separating the truth from our interpretations about it. This is huge. And we have exercises that go a bit like, well, it's called, can, can I say this yeah. will take 30 seconds? No, okay. okay. <laughs> so like sometimes, no, it's not. It's called, uh, I notice and I imagine exercise. Mm -hmm. So we sit two people in front of each other and they just sit in front of each other and say, I notice, and then I say a very specific thing I can notice, like I notice your eyes mm -hmm. and I imagine you are not from Asia. <laughs> so the important thing is the noticing has to be a thing that we can all agree on that's presently there with as few adjectives as possible, just eyes. We want to say green eyes or blue eyes, I notice your eyes. I imagine they are blue. So the imagining can be completely free. You have 100 people with a different imagining, but the noticing has to be as short and precise as possible. So, okay, so that would just be one person, they would choose something to notice, but then would everybody else have to notice the same thing and no, say no, what they no, imagine no, from no, it? Everybody else would notice something exercise. differently. It goes pretty fast. Two people, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. basically everybody has a partner. Okay. And then it goes I like, I notice, I imagine, and the other person mm -hmm. goes back at you. So it's just very fast in seeing one thing mm -hmm. and saying the first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, seeing how fast we are to make up interpretations. And this is really good to separate like the actual noticing from the fast moving story behind it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this in a, in a previous episode, the idea of, like, cognitive behavioral, like, psychology, which, you know, has a similar root, I guess. Have you have you experienced, like, CBT at all or have any experience with that? No. Okay, because it's basically, yeah, it's basically the same idea where you're supposed to, yeah, uh, 
you're living your life. And when you're living your life, you'll have a thought, you'll be walking down the street and you'll think, uh, you know, oh, um, that person must hate me because they looked at me some wrong way. Right. So yes. you notice that. And then you have this thought like that person hates me, yeah. you know. And so then like you need to try to understand where does that thought not necessarily come from, but like, what am I doing by having that thought? I'm making a generalization or I'm reading their mind you know, and can I actually read people's minds? No. Um, and so then what you're supposed to do after that is come up with some different interpretations, you know, that could possibly have caused that thought. Um, so maybe they don't hate me. Maybe they're having a bad day. You know, maybe they just like have a, maybe they're Czech. So it is, it is a really similar idea of just like that noticing and then seeing exactly like what you said, how quickly we yeah. come up with interpretations of yeah. what we notice. The only thing we don't try is we don't try to give, to change the interpretation. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. very little, we try to do very little thinking and it's basically mm -hmm. a method to get out of our ongoing constant thinking mm -hmm. and experiencing mm -hmm. some more freedom from obsessive thinking. So like what we would do, yeah, yeah. for instance, if there would be someone in a group that you imagine hates you by the look on their face, then you would, you would say that. And you would report them how you feel about it. So it could be that you resent the person for how they look at you. Could be that you feel sad by how they look at you. I don't know. But then you would say, if you, in case you would be angry, you would say, I resent you for how you look at me now. And then you would just feel in your body how your feeling moves and what happens. And then you can give the interpretation if you still want to later on. You can say, I imagined that you didn't like me. Is that true? More often than not, it's not true, but that we try to really be with ourselves and say things directly and make, like constantly stay in contact with the people there rather than uh, thinking by ourselves. Yeah. And has there, has there ever been an instance where somebody had said like, oh, it looks like, you know, you hate me or, or said something that they interpreted about another person and it was, it was really hurtful for the other person to hear? How do you deal with that situation? Well, then we help that person to get over the hurt. So usually in like in, in, in those introductionary sessions, it's pretty hard because it's fluctuating people and they're all new. So I try to keep it very, very basic. But in the longer day workshop, if we all made the agreements to stick with each other and to stay there, then it can happen that people get hurt. It can also be that somebody willingly or not is hurting someone by what they say. Can be that he doesn't even know that he's doing it somewhat on purpose, could be. So, but then we help everybody there to get over this by putting our attention on the person who got hurt. And, and she reports, well, I, I'm angry at you for saying this, or I'm hurt by you saying this. So, and usually when people stick together like this, for, I don't know, anything between a minute or 10, 15 minutes, it become like partner meditation. And I've never actually experienced in like five years now of being with this, that something didn't get resolved if people took the time and the willingness to report about themselves in a vulnerable way. So can you talk about how radical honesty applies to real life, kind of outside of the yeah. sessions? Favorite question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you want me to talk me just generally about it or well, do you have a more specific You can situation? tell us, uh, yeah, like how have you used it in your day-to-day -day life? Hmm. Well, I've used it. When I came back from my first workshop, it was in Greece with Brad five years ago. First, I didn't use it at all. I didn't get it. But then after two or three weeks of sleeping on it, I kind of, 
I have like a this. I don't know how to say it properly, but the switch or the moment when I realized this is actually working came after the workshop for me. Then I talked to my parents differently and my family, which is mainly my brother, my half brother, my granddad, ex girlfriends, and current friends. And I also, after noticing that, that this worked for me in the sense of that many of my thoughts or stories about them kind of just dissolved, they were just gone. I didn't have those same thoughts about them anymore. And also, I had much, much more creative energy. And by that, I don't mean like abstract spiritual energy, but I could write a book, for instance, after this, which I couldn't have done. I tried many years, but I couldn't. I always stopped after two chapters. But you ask in real life. So this is kind of different still because they were family and friends and they would talk to me. Yeah? But um, in normal situations, I experimented with just saying things anyways. So like taking it to an extreme, which you can do for fun. So telling people somebody talks to you in a way that you are angry in the supermarket, the cashier that you say, I'm angry at you for how you talk to me now. And this is usually pretty uncomfortable for you, because you would never think you would say that. But it's fair to do. You will survive. So this is really up to everybody how extreme you want to go. But one, one advice I want to give is many people take this as a, how you say, that, that they got permission now to be assholes. And this is not what we want at all. So it's not that you go out in the world and say, ah, oh, you, uh, you, you wanker, you asshole, you look stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's just so, the truth. Yeah, <laughs> is, and then, then a lot of people say they hide, yo, it's, I'm just honest, mm -hmm. but you're just oh, an yeah. asshole. Mm -hmm. So like in this way, you always do it in a vulnerable way. I don't know if that would be possible in this cashier example that you can also not say anything would probably be okay after two hours. But usually what I try is now, if a situation occurs of whatever nature and I find myself still thinking about it afterwards for like a longer-ish time, then I try to go in and resolve this with the people Unless it was somewhat in traffic and the guy is gone, I can't do anything <laughs> about it. I just think, what an asshole. Then I have to find a different way. Yeah, I'm really glad that you said that because one of my questions was, you know, what's the line between being honest and just being an asshole? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So it, in this case, even though it's radical honesty and it has this extremist connotation to it, that it is people yell and insult each other. The real idea is to do it in a connecting, heartfelt way. So I can be mad at you and I can still love you in some way at the same time. And you can do that to me too. So we can be mad at each other, but it will go away. Because at the end of the day, even unpleasant feelings that we call unpleasant, they belong to life like every other feeling. And if you constantly block out just like more negative things you also experience less of what you think is positive and is there is there anything that you do in the workshop to treat or to um excuse me to teach these people the difference between vulnerable sharing and and just yeah. like being angry and and expressing something rude yeah we do that and it's it's hard to say general now there are in specific cases yes it always depends on what's said and how and i, I usually do this so we try to people who have this saying We try for people to go into the middle ground with their feeling where they are not in control of the experience. Because like, let's say, for instance, let's stick with the angry example. 
if I'm angry, I have like two controlling ways to express it. One is by underdoing it entirely, which is by with like a kind of shamey, blameful voice. And the other way is completely overdoing it in like an extreme, oh, you dumb ass, and getting really close into somebody's face. But this is not, this is not the idea. So the idea is to go into the middle and find the way of expression that really fits the flow of the sensation in the body. So it can be that you have to get louder than normal. It can be that you maybe point a finger, but we try, and you probably do it wrong the first hundred times. So you try to get closer and closer to the expressiveness that actually fits what's going on inside you. And when you get that right, then more often than not, actually 95% of the time, the feeling goes, it increases, and then you really feel the anger, but then it can also go away. Yeah, and one thing I remember from your workshops is you'd say, like, no, that's fiction or that's bullshit. So if somebody said, you know, oh, you're being an asshole to me or you're undermining me, you'd say, wait, that's not a truth. That's something that you're making up in your head, right? It's an interpretation. If I say you're undermining me, that's an interpretation, and I blame you. This is a mind-based conflict which leads to a lot of thinking and hurt. So what we would try in this case is to say... Well, was there something maybe that you got angry at? Maybe the, how the person looked at you, what they said, how they said it. Like the pillar that you used to make up your interpretation of being undermined. And then we try to get the people to express this in a more direct way. That they can get over it by not going into their mind and overthinking. Yeah, yeah, because that, that can fall into a lot of just blaming, right, and, and just, like, categorizing, which isn't necessarily about being honest and vulnerable when you're just blaming somebody, right? You're undermining me, you know, you're hurting me. Um, and something that, that I try to do, and I'm curious if this fits in with radical honesty, I've never practiced it before, is I try to say, well, my reality is that you're undermining me. Like, I will mm. say that it, I will acknowledge it's my reality. Good. Um, you know, but that's not the reality. No, that's really good. That's what we do. Mm. Like, we say, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So I, what I imagine now that is how you say it is kind of a similar way. So mm-hmm. you, you don't say this is the ultimate truth, how everything is, but you say, this is my experience. And this is what we do in radical honesty too. We say, this is my experience. This is what's going on for me right now in this moment. I appreciate you for, I feel this, I'm happy, and I imagine. Mm-hmm. So really staying on our side of the net, like, and by that I just mean making statements about our own experience and relating them to the other people in the yeah. group or in our real life. And why do you think people are not honest in the first place? Well, that's a good <laughs> <one>. question. <laughs> hmm. Well, I could go really abstract with this. <laughs> and this is something I like doing. I like abstract thinking and theorizing. But I think out of fear and because we've been trained to lie systematically. In school, you have been learned, you learn to withhold information to get a leg up on your, on your fellow uh, pupils or students, whatever you call them. And so we just think it's more comfortable. Mm. But it's not really sustainable. Because mm. like our definition of comfort we can get by with lying easily. You can live your whole life lying, you get by, you might make it to 85. You might, it's no problem. The question just is, what quality of life do you desire for yourself? 
Yeah, and we live in a system that kind of rewards lying and stuff. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it like rewards lying. I would say it rewards like people saying certain things, which some people don't want to say those things, yeah. so they have to lie in order to fit into like this this ideal yeah. as well. Like I have to lie to myself and pretend like I want a corporate job. I have to lie to myself and pretend, you know, that like I I am straight. You know, I have to lie and pretend like I'm, you know, whatever. Um, is something that society would would say is yeah. shameful as well, or the culture would say is shameful as well. Well, and we're very privileged in our society right, that we can speak up because, of course, in some places people can't be yeah. open and honest because mm-hmm. they might get killed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, we are we here now sitting in this room. We are probably top one to two percent of world population. We have this chance to experiment with. And you're right. In some countries, I wouldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. There are some situations I would lie because I think I might be killed if I wouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just understanding like the contextual like experience of of honesty and um, and I I agree though that being privileged in the situation you should be able to experiment with it as well and so then you can gain some um, understanding of it and to hopefully bring like others into the experience as well um, and it can have like a you know a replicating effect then as well. Yeah, but also even in this society, I guess there would be times when it's safer to lie. I don't know if the cops are like, "Hey, what's that in your bag?" Mm. <laughs> it's flour. <laughs> flour. <laughs> oh. oh my god, this is great. This is a great story. Can I tell the funny story that I read or that I heard? Like where a woman found like a, a packet like of dollar bills or whatever, and she's like, she gave the dollar bill to her daughter. Like you can open this when you're in the car, like because they just found it on the street. And then and then she opened it, and then inside of it was like two like baggies, you know, like cocaine. And um and the mom was just like this like oh da da like innocent person. She's like oh those must be like crushed up Smarties, like you know the candy Smarties. She was just like oh it must be crushed up Smarties. Oh, of course, like, that's the logical conclusion. <laughs> but anyway, flower. So, <laughs> and you're sm- crushed up Smarties. Did she give yeah. the crushed up Smarties to her kid? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> there, there's a story that Brad constantly tells, which I really like. So he says, like, if you read something about his history, he has been quite the hippie back in the days and also quite extreme in some ways, I imagine. And like one story that he tells is, how he was on a plane with marijuana in his back and he had it wrapped nicely, had like two different strains of weed and a pipe packed with his shirts. And they checked him at the airport and uh, the woman asked, oh, what's this? And he said, oh, it looks like weed. Do you want to have a toke? And then she <laughs> said, oh, just pack it away and go. Oh, so, oh so yeah, like definitely. He, but this is the way you could even... Yeah. You could even try to be honest with that, and maybe <laughs> you get away. I don't so, want to recommend this. Yeah, this stuff. isn't like yeah. strict advice. But no, it's no advice, but it's just you could you be could. honest yeah, more of often course. than you think. Sometimes, I guess it's so out of what people expect that it would surprise them, and they think, "Oh, okay, he's obviously joking." Yeah, <laughs> or the, or maybe it's just that you know, okay, he's being honest about it. Yeah. You know, it's nothing really to be a huge like shameful thing for you, and it's just a little bit of marijuana. Yeah, or she's just thought, oh, that's a great guy. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, so let him go. Could be. Exactly, exactly. Know. Yeah, and I think I think that's definitely the thing, you know, where you're talking about, like, you have this physical energy after you tell the truth, you know, because it's just people, we carry all of these things, you know, with us, all of these lies or these stories that we're telling to ourselves, and, and then just by, like, expressing, this is who I am, this is what I do, you know, this is what I like, just, like, breathe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've felt a lot better after expressing a feeling, mm-hmm. like, especially... 
when you use, I say, the, the wording in radical honesty, right, which is like, I resent you for this or I'm angry with you about this thing, and you look into their eyes as you say it. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how do you feel now, Marvin? I, I feel, well, it's not a feeling, it's a thought. I'm thinking, I want to say one more thing about the carrying, carrying the mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. And, but this is true, even though we think we over something, the body usually carries the things, so they are somewhat stored in our body, and you can see with some people, by the posture or by some more or less unhealthy habits that they built. So to go back and really see what are the things in my life that I left unfinished and that I tried to suppress really hard by whatever way I used to suppress. So if we really like know what they are and we confront them, that changes a lot. That sets free a lot of movement. Because holding on to those like unfinished business is not easy. It takes a lot of energy. So like you create, you recreating this being unfinished in you, carrying this is heavy. So you actually could use that energy for something different, more creative. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how can people find out more about radical honesty and what you do? Well, they can go, English-speaking people, I just recommend to go to radicalhonesty.com. It's our new website. I like it a lot. And there is an introduction section. You can download a free, I think a free introduction it is these days. I'm not sure. They can watch free videos. And if they want to experience Radical Honesty a bit more in-depth, they can go to the workshop section there. And then they can look at one of the many workshops listed on the site, preferably one of mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then they can sign up like for a weekend course. I have some coming up in Berlin by the end of August. Um, and I have one. I don't even know I have so many. I don't know the dates. I, I have it here. Oh, You've yeah. Got yeah, we can Hamburg. tell you when. Yours. Yeah, you <laughs> can be your new PA. Yeah. You've got Hamburg. London and then in Prague. Hamburg, London, Prague and Berlin, right? Yeah. In the second half of the year. Pretty cool. All right. Beautiful. Great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Very fun. All right. Cool. So radical honesty. Do you think that's something that you uh, would like to practice in your real life? Yes. Okay. So actually, I do have a little question that I just thought of, though. Like, does radical honesty mean just generally like, you know, how how he was expressing it of of finding ways of like uh, being honest about, you know, everything that you possibly can do, you know, through nonviolent communication? Or does it actually mean that specific practice? Mm, I think the practice of going to the meetings is to get used to the idea and then in your day-to-day life you can start to use it. Mm. However, he was always saying, you know, you have to have the prior agreement. You can't just go up to your boss and be like, I'm angry with you Mm. for this thing. Because if they're not in the right frame of mind to accept that, they're not going to react so well, right? Yeah. So I have maybe two or three people in my life who I do like practice radical honesty with more and they're aware of it yeah yeah, yeah they <laughs> like that, that's the like the thing it has to be some some basic yeah, understanding it's a consensual radical honesty exactly it has to be agreed beforehand you have to explain it to them and 
I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of blindly following some sort of methodology at any rate. So we've taken it and just done it yeah. in our own way. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so with these friends, um, if we're feeling annoyed at each other, we'll meet, we'll talk. And what we do is we like actually look into each other's eyes and say, I'm angry with you for this thing. Or, you know, I resent you for this. Or I feel, yeah, pissed off about this thing. And when I first introduced that idea to them, they were, of course, as you'd imagine, quite hesitant. And especially for someone British, they're like, the thought of telling someone you're angry with them while making eye contact mm. is horrifying. But we tried it and, you know, surprisingly, it's like once you've said it, it somehow dissipates from your body. Like once you've said everything you wanted to say, it's like it frees it and you're like, oh, well, I feel okay now. As long as the person takes it, you know, if they get defensive and try to answer back or turn it around onto you, then it's going to, you know, uh, turn into an argument. But if they just take it and go, yeah, okay. And then this is how I feel. You know, you exchange all these things until almost you've, it's kind of like you've exercised all the demons and then somehow you're like, wow, okay, we feel okay. I'm not saying it's a long-term solution because there are times you feel fine that day and then two, three days later, you're like, wait a minute. And that, that should be okay though as yeah. well, though, isn't it? Because then you can you can express that yeah. because you've kind of created exactly. this like hopefully open door. Yeah, exactly. Well. You can go back. And mm-hmm. sometimes we did find that 90% of our conversations ended up being just exchanging what we were mad about. So we then implemented a rule like, okay, if something's bothering you after three days, bring it up. Because if something annoys you at the time and you say it, it might be that you'd have forgotten about that thing anyway the next day, right? So you have to, again, draw a line so that you're not always talking about it. Yeah. Have you had any experiences of using this kind of honesty or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it hasn't been under any kind of label, um, you know, of radical honesty or anything. Like, I have nothing wrong with the label, but I think it's a great way to be able to place, like, what you're doing. Um, I've just never learned it before. But anyway, like, yes definitely within within my relationship and definitely in some friendships that I've had um because I tend to I I come from a place of being quite honest about how I'm feeling um almost to the point that I'm not very considerate of um of other people like I don't say like blatantly rude things you know about how people look or whatever but I, I tend to tell people like if they've hurt my feelings you know quite a lot but then I don't always say it in the most sensitive way and this happens a lot in my relationship you know where like we talked about at the beginning of like you do this like you do this you hurt me like you hurt me and um yeah and so definitely like my my partner and I like have worked through a lot of that and we do a lot of that I feel experiences and one thing that we've been practicing lately is talking about how we feel like within our body mm-hmm. um rather than rather than saying just like the the thing the word the complexity of yeah. you did this or I feel like this because because sometimes it's just like I'm angry you know and I just want to release like some kind of anger so just being yeah. able to say like my stomach you know like is hurting I feel like I want to throw up mm-hmm. you know I want to scream like these things like I think are the most um can be the most honest experiences yeah, as absolutely. well think- um, and work like in part in in like combination with talking about whatever the thing is as well um but that can just be a venue in which you go through yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and I think yeah discussing how you're feeling in your body is one of the most important things because that is the only thing you really know right yeah, yeah. we feel something in our body and then we label it we're like oh I must be angry yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we start to think oh it must be because of this thing but <laughs> well, actually- <it's> anxiety like, <laughs> my heart is racing oh that means 
I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh. Do you also try to find like a an explanation for it? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's because this thing happened earlier. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Whereas actually, it could just be you drank too much coffee or something. And something could be. Crazy, I mean, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't make such a big leap, you no, know, because no. <laughs> because of course, like, yeah, maybe I did drink too much coffee, so that's why it's accentuated. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, it's the same thing like with being on my period. You know, where where I'm I'm always gonna be. Okay, I'm not always, but I would be mad about this thing yeah. without being on my period but it's but more, like yeah. yeah the way that it's coming out is much more accentuated oh, yeah. because of because of the context of coffee or periods or mm-hmm. hormones you know whatever yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and I I have this in the winter where I might feel generally just worse about everything and so I start to think oh I feel terrible it must be because of this thing and I start to find explanations for it yeah, but I think yeah. a lot of it is also just because it's winter I mean and, and that like can fit in with honesty you know you can be honest that you're angry about some situation but also be honest about maybe why like you're you're going even further with it of like I'm angry because of this but also I realize like I'm on my periods so I may not be expressing it in the best yeah. way that that is like full honesty like bring the other person into the picture yeah you know yeah. help them understand like the context and and that will like provide them that space to be more sensitive to you yeah as well. absolutely so in the radical honesty language I guess you could say um I notice I have a lot of pain and that I feel on edge and I imagine it's because uh, I don't know of this thing you said earlier but it could also not be yeah 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 definitely like leave that leave that openness you know of like it's content interpretation you know and and we're always being formed by our own history by our own situations you know and and so just being honest about like this like constant like flux you know yeah, which yeah. we are participating in in our life I'm, I'm moving my hand in a flowing she motion <laughs> you can't see but it's very nice <laughs> okay so um that's yeah that's that's real the end man. of our season oh. we've been real with you guys yes so join us again in an unspecified amount of time yes. where we will have some amazing new episodes for you and what are we going to be talking about do we're we know? talking well we're going to be talking about money we're going to be talking about sex we're going to be talking <laughs> all the good stuff <laughs> maybe peace and war peace and war conflict everything. um yeah so many so many different topics again going you can into it wait and see <laughs> it'll be very exciting it'll though. be a surprise for all of us so thank you so much <laughs> yeah, mostly for us thank you for listening stay bye. honest <laughs> stay honest <laughs> bye the way we connect is hosted and directed by Gwen and Liz from a small living room studio in Prague special thanks to Lee for sound editing and production Luisina Maleo for logo design and our wonderful friends for their support. Visit thewaywecannect.org for more information and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under The Way We Connect. And if you have a moment, which you know you do, you can rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. Uh, We are new and shiny, so we would really appreciate it. Thank you.